Hey everyone, this is Drew Collins. Before we get started with this episode, I'd like to invite you to join Leela's 8 Plus 8 Composium. It's your opportunity to develop your composition skills in a group setting that features friendly dialogue among other creatives. The goal of the course is to help you unlock your musical voice in a community of trust. In four short weeks, you'll boost your confidence as a composer and feel equipped to teach others how to compose. What makes the Composium work is that clear boundaries are set from the start. Boundaries or rules prevent decision fatigue and provide a safety net. When boundaries are explored and eventually crossed and rules are broken, that's when creativity kicks in. This unique online class environment is limited to eight per class and invites you to workshop, or what Leela likes to call it, sandbox ideas working alongside others and coaching each other in the creative process. Leela is excited to announce that two full classes are in session now, and she plans to hold more later this year and next. If this opportunity sounds good to you, make sure to get your name on the wait list. Head to the show notes at leelavis.com slash keyideas, where you'll find the link to learn more and sign up. Now, on to the episode. Hello, this is Leela Viss, and welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm the host of Key Ideas. This podcast empowers piano teachers to unlock the transformative power of music in their students and shift from a mindset of survival to one of revival. Back in 2018, a podcast got my wheels turning. Jennifer Gonzalez from Cult of Pedagogy held an interview with Joe Hirsch, a fourth grade teacher and author of The Feedback Fix, Dump the Past, Embrace the Future, and Lead the Way to Change. Listening to the interview several times and churning it over for a while led me to write three blog posts about how I imagine Hirsch's approach of shifting feedback to feed forward can be applied in piano lessons. Why am I revisiting these blog posts written back in 2018 now on Key Ideas in 2021? Because feedback is one of the most important tools we have as teachers. It's much more powerful than any method book or app or music game. When it comes right down to it, our ability to give feedback is crucial to keeping students on the bench. My guess is is that we all struggle on how to best deliver feedback and it can wear us down. We struggle because along with teaching new concepts and repertoire, a good portion of our lessons are based on reaction to what happened during the week of practice away from us, stuff that is out of our control. When students come back for the next lesson after a week away, our feedback is typically based on what was accomplished or not accomplished. This type of reactive feedback is what Joe Hirsch calls traditional feedback. Hirsch claims that this traditional feedback is problematic because it means we only focus on the past, which can't be changed. Instead, he states that teachers and coaches should think forward and fix the future. This leads to unleashing the potential of those receiving the feedback. In his words, you can't control what you can't change. We can't change the past. We can only fix the future. Rethinking our feedback may be just the ticket to elevate our lessons out of survival and into revival mode. And that's why I'm sharing the nuggets that I gleaned from my past articles in this episode. It's my hope that you can listen and absorb this game-changing advice on the go 
anywhere, anytime, again and again. As I share Joe Hirsch's insights, I'll add in my two cents about how we can apply his information to a typical lesson setting. And I'll use the name Billy when referring to students. The very first place to begin in reframing our approach to feedback is how you run Billy's lesson. Instead of dominating a lesson with your opinions and expert advice, consider stepping away from the command and control post and use these four lead questions to encourage Billy to develop his own problem-solving skills. First, use pondering lead questions. These are questions that encourage careful consideration. They begin with phrases like, Billy, I noticed that this one assignment seems to get shoved to the bottom of the pile. Why do you think that is? Is it too hard? Do you have questions about it? I wonder if you always practice that assignment first every day for one minute. Would that help you make friends with it? Next, use probing lead questions. These are questions that encourage further investigation. They begin with phrases like, What if you decided to slow down those four bars and aim for zero errors? And Billy, how might you help yourself learn that section hands together this week? Think about it. Every lesson with Billy includes feedback. Verbal reactions to and suggested comments directed at what you heard and what you saw. Although there may be some friendly interaction between you and Billy, most likely the lesson is dominated by you and driven by your feedback and instruction. These lead questions can open the door to feed forward. Hirsch challenges us as teachers to reconsider this typical interaction with a fresh perspective. According to Hirsch, the typical feedback fails for three reasons. First, traditional feedback fails because it shuts down Billy's mental dashboard. It usually puts Billy, the feedback receiver, on the defensive and can result in mental paralysis or brain overload. For example, when we correct Billy's fingering, technique, and sloppy rhythms in one piece at the same time, we attempt to fix too much at once, which can overload and turn off Billy's brain and capacity to function. Hirsch claims that this can make the frontal lobe turn dark. Instead, choose one thing at a time, like a rhythm issue, and lead Billy to correcting it with steps like, Hey, Billy, clap this back for me. Do you see that rhythm in your music? Now, play that measure for me. If Billy still plays it the old way, the light bulb may go on that his playing did not match the clap back. And if he doesn't notice, that's when you say, hey, I noticed you played the measure one way, but you clapped it another way. Which way is correct? Another reason that traditional feedback fails is that our feedback may focus on ratings or rewards and not development. The goal of feedback is to create positive and lasting improvement. It's easy and perhaps takes less time to point out wrong notes and flaws and give Billy a sticker when notes are correct. It takes guided questions and planning to develop Billy as an independent thinker and listener and lead him to solving his own problems with strategies that build confidence. Think about it. It's not our goal for Billy to earn that sticker. We want Billy to develop discernment between what is the right and wrong note all on his own. If Billy returns to a lesson with a thumb on a black key, it would be easy to force Billy to change to a better, your suggested, fingering. Instead, 
consider using lead questions to help Billy to discover new fingering possibilities. For example, Billy, I wonder if there's another fingering that might work in that passage. Try finger two on the black key instead. I notice that you play the passage more fluidly by avoiding the thumb on a black key. What fingering felt better to you? Working through this process, Billy sees for himself that the thumb on a black key is a little awkward and will be pleased that he can play with more fluidity with a different fingering. Allowing Billy to experience both fingerings and come to the conclusion that one is better than another on his own empowers Billy to consider what fingering choices he makes in the future. Billy's mental dashboard was not shut down because no one made him feel bad for making a wrong choice. Instead, it shows Billy why fingering choices are important and gives him the confidence to make stronger choices in the future. And this leads seamlessly into the third failure of traditional feedback. Typically, feedback reinforces negative behaviors. Reminding Billy of his flaws from week to week can lead him to believe that he's helpless. As Hirsch says, instead of focusing on who our students are, we need to focus on who they are becoming. Make it a goal to find the good in whatever Billy prepares for lessons and reinforce the work with genuine praise. Then guide Billy to reflect on his preparation with leading questions like, Billy, what was your favorite thing to practice? Play that first. What part seems hard to you yet? I noticed that you slowed down in measure four. Is it because of the right hand or the left hand or both? Have you tried playing it hands alone or tapping the rhythm on your lap first? What kind of practice will it take for you to become friends with it? These type of questions flip the troubleshooting back to Billy. Soon, he can fix his own problems. So how do you flip your feedback to feed forward permanently? First, we need to keep this metaphor in mind. As teachers, we tend to be window gazers, and instead, we need to be mirror holders. In place of telling Billy what we see and hear through a window frame, Hirsch challenges us to find ways to hold up a mirror so that Billy sees and hears a reflection of himself, which gives him the ability to self-direct. This process engages Billy in his own learning and helps him see that, as Hirsch states, he, Billy, already holds the answers, and he just needs someone, like us, to help him find the answers. To become mirror holders, Hirsch claims our traditional feedback needs to be repaired. The steps toward repair can be remembered by this acronym, REPAIR. (laughs) R is for regenerating talent. E is for expanding possibilities. P is for particular. A is for authentic. I stands for impact. And R is for refines team dynamics. So we'll start with R for regenerating talent. It's important to be sensitive to the different needs of Billy in 2021. According to Hirsch, millennials, and let's assume Billy's parents are millennials, are looking for people and places to help Billy develop his skills and become the very best version of himself. Our feedback should aim to amplify Billy's skills by stretching his imagination and encouraging him to dream of what can be accomplished. Hirsch emphasizes that our feedback should push Billy's talent, now I like the word skills, 
into an unknown area of development and potential. One extremely easy way to hold up a mirror for Billy and give him honest feed forward is to record a performance or improvisation with a mobile device and let him respond to the video. The camera says it all and the teacher can step away. Here's a chance for Billy to actively listen and begin to refine his own feedback vocabulary. Pinpointing what Billy does well is always important and should come first. For example, if Billy nails the E-flat major scale with correct fingering and good tone, what are ways to regenerate this skill? When applying this regenerate step to lessons, it could be interpreted as amplifying or extending the learned concept. In a group setting, I could ask Billy to teach another student the scale fingering and explain why the key needs three flats to be a major scale. I could ask these questions to trigger creativity in a lesson. Billy, can you play the scale in two octaves and eighth notes? Three octaves and triplets? How about four octaves and sixteenth notes? How fast can you play the scale? Let's build up the tempo with the metronome. Knowing the rules of scale fingering, can you figure out the correct fingering for A-flat major? Why don't you improvise a melody using the scale tones while I vamp? Now you vamp on one and five chords in E-flat, and I'll create a melody. You created a lovely melody in E-flat. Can you add chords to harmonize it? On to E. E is for expands possibilities. This step is best explained with a term coined by Walt Disney called plussing. It's a technique for growing an idea and improving it. Even if Disney employees thought they had a terrific idea, Disney would tell them to plus it. No doubt this plussing upgraded the quality of all things Disney and Pixar. They both continue to use this plussing tradition. According to Hirsch, the point of plussing is to drive up the idea count and not down. Plussing holds a simple rule. No critiquing allowed. Others must accept the premise or idea and add to the idea with suggestions. When plussing, all suggestions must be accepted and the ultimate goal is to keep the person who made the suggestion looking good. This plussing is inspired from the acting improvisation world tip. Yes and. A yes and empowers. A no shuts down. When you get a chance, watch the video in the show notes featuring Tina Fey and see how Yes And works in the world of improvisation on the stage. You're in for a good laugh and you'll witness how Yes And No carries so much power. <laughs> I believe expanding possibilities, the Yes And, is specifically ideal when unlocking creativity. Piano lessons are not just about getting Billy through each level of a certain method book. Lessons are about saying yes to Billy's desires and giving him a chance to explore the language of music and music of his choice. It's also a place to offer challenges and self-directed projects, with guidance, of course, beyond the method book and beyond the page that have a beginning and an end. These projects give Billy mile markers on the road to progress and independence. Yes, composing comes to mind, but also small things like inviting Billy to create a new ending or a variation to an old piece. Showing Billy that there are possibilities beyond the printed page, beyond those European dead guy pieces. That's the key. Pun intended. 
And those unintentional mistakes, they can lead to new possibilities and are ripe for moving Billy beyond the written page. Get under the hood of the composer's wishes, determine the chord progression, and then let Billy experiment with ways to change it and make it even better. From personal experience, I know that many abilities have gained better practice habits when they play and create pieces that they really like. I appreciate Hirsch's labels for feedback givers. That would be us teachers. Window gazers like to talk about their own ideas. Mirror holders listen to students talk about their ideas. I challenge you to think about your default. Do you tend to stick to your agenda and ideas, or do you provide time to let Billy to reflect on his work? What needs practice? What was spectacular? On to the P in repair. P is for particular. There's a limit to what anyone can absorb at one time. When shifting from feedback to feed forward, it's important to pick battlegrounds, strategically and selectively. Hirsch states, trim and don't shave everything at once. Dumping information with a fire hose makes it hard for Billy to process. This leads to what social psychologists call decision fatigue. Too much information and correction short-circuit the brain, which makes Billy choose the path of least resistance. He defaults to the easy, intuitive action and makes no changes. So it's vital to set limits on how much you ask of Billy at one time. Ask him to play and master a chord progression first, then encourage him to discover it in his repertoire. Then invite him to create a unique rhythm pattern within the progression. Scaffold your instructions into reasonable decision levels and let Billy enjoy success at each level before adding new tasks. This holds true especially when it comes to improvising. I watched master improv teacher and colleague Bradley Sowash do this for years at our 88 Creative Keys workshops. We're up to A. A is for authentic. This portion of the acronym is helpful for us as teachers when we face those uncomfortable conversations with Billy's parents. You know the ones where we feel compelled to tell them that Billy's home practice seems to be non-existent. Hirsch claims that most of us tend to avoid giving honest feedback and instead we default to a praise sandwich. For example, we tell the parents how much we enjoy Billy at lessons, then mention that he could be practicing more, and then tell them again how funny Billy is in class. We slip the meat of our message, something critical and important for parents to know, between slices of praise. Now look, I am guilty of these sandwiches too. How about you? Research has found that we all tend to remember the most recent thing we hear. So if parents hear praise about Billy last, they'll miss the meat you were trying to communicate. Moving on, I is for impact. If you want feedback to make an impact, it must be understandable and operationalized. The research on transfer of feedback shows that telling Billy what to change or a simple demonstration has minimal chance of making a difference. When the process of feedback is joined with coaching, reflection, and guided support, the transfer rate of feedback skyrockets. Hirsch claims that we tend to treat feedback like a cleaver and chop off big pieces of a performance at once. We need to think of feedback like a toothpick in small, precise spot treatments guided by incremental support. I adore this quote. Use a toothpick 
not a cleaver. Changing a habit or practice habit makes it feel like you need to change part of yourself and no one likes to be changed. We need to think in small steps. Moving Billy towards a change and helping him to uncover improvements through guided discovery will help specific changes to occur and stick. This can be done by isolating elements and a hyperfocus or tunnel vision. Billy, now that you've learned the first page with the correct notes and hand position and rhythm, let's add another level of listening. Notice how I lift my wrist at the ends of slurs. Can you hear how it softens the last note? Now you try it. Ooh, do it again. Which one did you like better? This week, look for the end of every slur and lift your wrist to soften the end. It's important to make a specific plan for reshaping habits to, as Hirsch puts it, turn ideas into commitments and resolutions into results. A checklist of small steps will help to make changes manageable and doable. Instead of thinking of mile markers, think pebbles. And here's another favorite, shrink the change. For example, instead of asking Billy to add every articulation at one time, make a checklist of all articulations and add them in one at a time. Hey Billy, circle and count all the ends of slurs. Watch for and lift wrists at the ends of slurs each day. Once you master the ends of slurs, make sure all the staccatos are short and crispy. And R, the final letter of repair. R stands for Refine Team Dynamics. Feedback is a team sport. We need to dump the command and control nature of feedback and make room for something more collaborative. Putting heads together with Billy to encourage practice habits that improve technique leads to creative abrasion. This might mean that Billy comes up with a different idea than you would prefer. Creative abrasion is the collision of ideas that are so unique and different that it leads to something altogether new. Companies like Google offer job crafting, which allows people to shape parts of their jobs. Perhaps we need to think about lesson crafting. Let's appreciate the input Billy contributes at lessons. Let him determine what needs to be fixed. Let him shape what his job is for the week of practice before you jump in with corrections and advice. It may surprise you that he may have clearer objectives than you. Billy, some parts are mastered, but it sounds like there are a few gaps. Where are they? What will it take to fix them? Another golden quote from Hirsch, the smartest person in the room is the room. We give feedback every day, just about every hour, maybe even every minute. The best feedback givers understand who Billy is and who he can become. The right kind of feedback ruthlessly drives potential and skills to the forefront and makes Billy into the very best version of his piano self. Use repair when you want to hold up a mirror instead of a window. R is for regenerating talent or skills. E is for expanding possibilities. P is for particular. A is for authentic. I is for impact. R is for refines team dynamics. Hmm, I hardly need to leave you with a teaching tip to go. Joe Hirsch has plenty for us to consider. Yet I'll leave you with one, one that I should do more often myself. Turn on the voice recorder app on your smartphone and record a couple of lessons. Listen to yourself and determine what kind of feedback you give and determine if it needs some fixing. Maybe it needs a little repair. 
and by the way, if you registered for the NCKP virtual conference held in July of 2021, make sure to listen to Gary McPherson's keynote speech on Saturday, July 31st. He talks about feedback, feed forward, and feed up. It's a brilliant speech. Head to the show notes for links to the Cult of Pedagogy podcast that inspired this episode. It's definitely worth a listen. And it includes links to Joe Hirsch's site and his book, The Feedback Fix. This is Leela Viss, and see you in the trenches, holding a mirror and not a window.